0: Hello and welcome to the Vision for Teaching podcast. My name's Scott and I'm joined by Sarah. Hi. And Mrs. H. Hello. And for today's episode, we're going to be looking at the NQT Professional Learning Passport or the PLP as we like to shorten it to. Can we just explain what the Professional Learning Passport is? What what does it do and what will the NQT really need to know about it?
1: This is your go-to place isn't it for writing up your experiences and um, actually it was only quite recently that I realised there's a link on there that takes you through to almost like an online library of research and things like that so it's quite a useful place but primarily you as an NQT you'd use it for writing up and logging your experiences.
0: Yeah the professional learning passport is something that I think is designed to follow you through your career but as an NQT probably you do more with it than at any other time of your career and it really does like you said it forms the basis doesn't it of your your first year of teaching and the experiences that you that you have Sarah do you want to tell us a bit about these experiences we've mentioned that word a few times
2: yeah so your experiences are basically teacher moments um where you write you basically write about what has happened what happened as a result of you taking some kind of action or just something you know it could be something that you taught a lesson it didn't go very well and you're just reflecting on that and what you're going to do about it it needs to be backed up with um some some kind of you know reference to sort of um academic work you know try to back it up with as many references as you can but it doesn't have to be like you know your essays in university um good job (laughs) <laughs> it is a good job. Um, there, there are a set number. Well, I don't think it's a set number. I think you are given, is it 12, between 12 and
0: 14? Well, this, this is a discussion mm. point. So <laughs> it very much depends where you teach in Wales, apparently. Um, I know in my, um, my initial kind of introduction to it, in a meeting that I went to, um, and actually Mrs H was there as well, so she'll yeah. back me up. We were kind of given some guidance that the the minimum really should be twelve, because you've got to tie your experiences to a a, a standard, a professional teaching standards um, or, or multiple standards. Yeah. The minimum stand, the minimum experiences, sorry, that you should be really recording is twelve, and that means you've covered. The standards they
1: need to be quite meaty if you're only going to do 12 well
0: yeah exactly i don't know anyone that could really properly cover all those standards in just 12 experiences that's a lot of standards to link to you'd have to really think about those experiences we were given guidance of minimum 12 i don't recall being given a maximum
1: yeah i think they said between 12 and 20
0: okay so 20 so in my professional learning day we were told that really the, the most you should be looking to do is around 18, because if you've done more than 18, maybe you've missed opportunities where you could have linked standards together and you've, you've just made more work for yourself. But certainly anybody doing more than 20, I think that's you know, it's probably unnecessary, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I would think so. But again, depending on where you teach, I, I know of some NQTs that are told they have to do 12, exactly 12 no more no less I know some that have been told between 12 and 15 12 and 18 uh, no more than 18 but there's no minimum so
2: there's there's uncertainty I, I understand I, I understand true. that there has to be you know maybe a figure of you need at least say at least 12 but I'm not sure of why there's a bigger because surely it would depend on how many experiences you've had. Say like, you, if you've written up your 20 experiences, but then that week you go in and something something happens, you wouldn't not write that up, surely, then you would just put that in because it's an experience and that, part, that professional learning passport is all about you and what has happened to you in your teaching career.
1: Uh, uni were given a, a word count, and you've got to get your point across. It's got to be succinct. It's yeah. got to be to the point. I suppose if they just said you can write as many as you want, people would write a couple of liners and st- you know stick it to a standard. Whereas it's not really delving very deep into the experience no. then, or allowing for yeah. reflection and impact. Mm.
0: That's kind of what the PLP will be used for in their NQT year. It's that reflection. It's you know looking at the experiences and and as you said, Sarah, kind of taking some action on the back of it how much work is it going to be that's that's a question i think we all had last summer before we started in our teaching roles how much work realistically do you think it is to to do that throughout the year to reference your standards to reflect on the experiences properly to write them up
1: what would you say i haven't found it that onerous no because I've done it as I've gone along so my very first experience was it within the first two weeks of term so it re and I did it in the moment so you know or that evening that after it happened and then I'd go back and reflect on it at a later date I think if you leave them and say right I'm going to set aside I've got an NQT day half day coming up in a few weeks I'm going to do four experiences that would probably be quite tricky uh but i think if you do them as you go along after you you know literally after you've experienced whatever it is it's much easier to write
0: i wish somebody had told me that when i was you know way back in september Mm. because the 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 guidance i was given or how i interpreted it was that we should be looking to do two experiences every half term which which in theory when you break it down there's six half terms in a school year two every half term would give you your 12 which is the sort of the minimum expectation and really and I feel a bit silly when I reflect back on it that I hadn't picked it up at the time but that's not going to be enough is it because a mm-hmm. you don't you don't get the last summer term because they've got to be submitted for us anyway by the middle of june if you're still reflecting on things right up until the end of the year just to get your 12 in then you'll have absolutely 100% missed some experiences you could have written about along the way Mm -hmm. and what I made the mistake of doing was sort of taking that advice to the letter and then looking for those two opportunities every half term and then focusing on other things because other things take over and I stopped looking for opportunities (laughs) that I could very easily have written about at the time. But because I'd done my two for that half term, I, I didn't see them as great. This is a chance to write another experience. This, this will link to that standard. Yeah. I, I didn't do that. And that was to my detriment because obviously when I did realize, which thankfully wasn't too far into the year, I'd done them back in like October. But I hadn't written about them in October because I hadn't been looking for those experiences because yeah. I'd done my two for that half term. That's, you know, that's a big, big uh, thing that I would change if I could go back and
1: do it mm. again.
2: So what I'd been doing was just quickly on my phone at the end of the day, just kind of a quick note on my phone of like anything that, that, that happened, you know, that, that I thought might be worth mentioning. And probably by the time I got home and cooked dinner, I might have forgotten about it. Then kind of looking through those notes, kind of, I'd love to say it was weekly, but it wasn't. You know, every two weeks, maybe every three weeks, just having a look through and then finding things and fitting them around the standards. Because obviously on supply, it is harder to to hit some of the standards. You can kind of hit the same ones over and over, but looking for ways in which I can like use these experiences and writing it up so that I can hit other experiences. I think I've got in the habit of just keeping that note on my phone anyway because it's a supply thing. I think it's because, right, I'll I'll forget that this happened if I don't write it down now. So, yeah, that's how I've gone about writing one.
0: That's that's good advice, though, especially for people who are looking to do supply in their NQT year to to have that that reflective
1: Mm. practice,
0: even if it's a note on your phone or a voice memo or, you know, if you're not into using technology, it could be a post-it note having some way of recording those things, because you're right, it's very easy to forget. Whether you're yeah. on supply or not, it's easy to forget.
2: Yeah. Well, life, life just kind of takes over, doesn't it? So, of you course. Know, but yeah. then you're
0: cooking dinner. and No, absolutely. I think that's really, really key, though. I think what you both sort of said there is you've got to look at things that happen, whether it's a bad lesson or whether it's just some, something that happens in your day, and you've got to look at that and think, that's an experience I want to write about the way I did it, which, which, as I said, I would change now if I could do it again, was I looked at the standards and then tried to think of examples of things I've done that would meet those standards. But I think to start off the year, you need to flip that on its head and do what you two have just said, which is this is the experience that's happened. I want to write about that. Now let me have a look what that links to. Oh, that ticks off a, B and C. You know? I think
1: it
2: allows you to be more
1: detailed as well if you do it that way. It doesn't have to be
2: anything grand or, you know, it doesn't have to be something that's really out of the ordinary
1: that, that's happened, that's this big experience. It can just be, you know, getting John to sit still. Well, my first one, I think I was, I, I needed to ring a parent or something. It's not something as a, even as a TA, okay, I would have, I would have rung one or two very very occasionally but this was a really big thing my first phone call home as a teacher and I was really quite anxious about it so to be able to then reflect on it and think actually that's been a really positive experience because I've now built a good relationship with that parent it was a really really good one so it doesn't have to be anything huge like Sarah said it doesn't have to be parents evening but you can do it on parents' evening. it doesn't have to be I don't know, writing reports. It can be just a tiny little detail from, from your day.
0: And some of those experiences that you write will seem really mundane because some of the standards are differentiating work. Yeah. Well, you, you haven't got to do anything special to differentiate work. Just do what you would normally do, yeah. but write about it. And if you can then also tag in something else at the same time, you've got then an experience maybe where you've linked two or three standards that's really what you want to be aiming to do rather than having one experience with one standard
1: reflection is really key and if you can Mm. go back and reflect on it so say you've I don't know you've been differentiating and it's not working for a particular child so you do something differently to go back then and talk about the impact two or three months later is what EWC are after to show that it is having an impact on your practice and that you are changing your uh, pedagogy based on what you've experienced
0: I think an important point that i wish i'd known as well in september is that each of the experiences you start writing you can you can save it and almost it's like a draft it can sit there all year until you've got the evidence to go back and complete it let's say a lesson went really badly because of behavior management just as an example and then later in the year you've changed your practice you've you've adapted to the class you've done something different and it's made an impact well later in the year you can go back to that standard uh, so go back to that experience and say this is what i did differently based on the incident that happened and this is the impact it's had um and i'm saying behavior it could be anything it could be assessment yeah. for learning it could be um the way you engage children it could be a reward system you've set up but whatever it is you do if you've gone back and and done something differently, put that into the experience. You don't have to submit the experience at the time you write it as done and finished. You can write it in October and maybe you don't submit it until January or February because at that point, you've then been able to really reflect on it and now you can say, this is what I've done. And that's a better experience because of it. You know, It's a better experience in the sense that what you write is far more reflective and far more beneficial than just saying, I had a really bad lesson. Uh, it went wrong because of these reasons and in future i'm going to do this this and this we'll actually go and do those things and then go back and update the the, yeah. the plp experience on the back of it
2: yeah and i think as as a tool for um you know thinking about your teaching and reflecting on things i think i would like to continue to use it even when i've done all my experiences and they 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 need to be signed off and i'm done because i think you know just any cpd that you carry out you can reflect on that in there and then you've also got a record then of the cpd that you're you're doing so you when you go for a job because am am i right in thinking that the the plp it, it can be shared with schools if you go for an interview is that the vision of it I believe the vision, and, I, and I,
0: I would like people to correct me on this if I'm wrong. But I believe the vision is that it becomes almost like your online CV. Yeah. So, so it's the, a record if, of what you've done. You go for a job.
2: Yeah. So if they can see, then you know, oh, you know, Mrs. H, she's she's away. She's done this, this, and this. You know, you've got it yeah. there, haven't you? It's not just jotted down, you know, and it's not just you saying. It's also your reflections on whatever cpd that you carried out
0: yeah i think think that's the idea isn't it is that you you add these assets as they call them which are documents files pictures whatever evidence you upload they're called assets and i think you long term through your teaching career you would sort of add an asset which could be a a certificate from a course you've been on or Mm -hmm. a I don't know, whatever kind of CPD you've taken part in to sort of document it throughout the rest of your teaching career, then it becomes more of a an ongoing journal or a portfolio of the work you've done. Uh, Mrs. H, I'm coming to you. What would you say could be useful for NQTs in terms of, you know, coming up with those ideas, looking for things they can write about?
1: I think if you're really struggling the um, induction the professional learning days that you go on where as an NQT you're linked to a a local school and you go and you spend the day there you might do a learning walk you know you might you, you definitely will be interacting with people from other schools they bring a whole host of opportunities for you to reflect on your own practice and potentially integrate something that someone else has suggested so uh, there was. I wrote a good few um, off the back of our professional learning days because they're just such a, you know, a really, really valuable experience. And something that I think as an NQT well, certainly the people I've spoken to, we really used to look forward to going to those because mm. you are meeting up with people that you perhaps graduated with or have known for, you know, years. And you, it's a good chance to share experiences and, and, and you don't feel maybe quite so at sea afterwards because you realise everyone's in the same boat
0: the amount of experiences that i wrote on the back of those professional learning days i'm not sure that i could have necessarily come up with the same experiences without them i don't yeah. think just being in the classroom i would have had the opportunity to discuss and and reflect on some of the things so for example one of the areas that we looked at in in a professional learning day was around the leadership strand of the standards and it was only from being there on that day and discussing experiences with other people that I realized how much I'd actually done that I could use as an experience and I could link to a standard whereas prior to that day I'd been sitting thinking I haven't really done anything that fits with this but once it was discussed and explained I came away from that day thinking I could do four experiences now yeah
2: I think um, on supply, uh, on one of my um, learning days, it was pointed out, because I, I was saying about, again, the difficulty in, in meeting some of the standards and how to evidence it. So about the planning one, because that was always like a really difficult one because I just couldn't see how I could do it. But um, my EV said that, you know, if I've been given the lesson plan by the, the, the class teacher, I'm covering her class for the day, if I've sort of... Just annotated it and changed something because something in it isn't working, or because, you know, even behavior management just moving people around. As long as I've written that down and I've taken a photo, then they would consider that to be planning as well because you're thinking and you're planning. So if you're doing it on supply and you do write these things down on lesson plans and you do change things, it's always worth taking a photo, and just making a record of it because you've got that evidence there because if you think about it when you get home the chances of you going back to that class
1: again you're not going to be able to get that evidence to prove what you're saying i like the fact as well they don't tell you what to write about they you know you can use any element of the day so we on one of them we watched a video and they said you know take something that is useful for you from that video rather than all of it or this is what we want you to look at it was very much open to you and I found that really beneficial.
0: I, I found the learning walks that you mentioned earlier, just the chance to walk around another school that's, you know, fairly near my school, but far enough away that, you know, it's a slightly different catchment area and teachers that I don't know necessarily um, and just seeing what they've done really really important for me because I got some really good ideas so we're talking about professional learning passport today we're talking about experiences but this isn't just about things to write about this is about improving your practice and there was a lot of times I walked around and thought that is a fantastic idea yes I can write about this as an experience but also I really want to try that in my classroom mm-hmm. yeah you know, and it isn't just ticking a box and writing an experience because you've got to hit the standards by June. It's about genuinely what's going to make a difference to your teaching.
2: I found, I know I mentioned um previously, it might have been in the other podcast, about doing uh, lesson observations and having the chance to sort of go and watch other teachers teach, which was really, really beneficial to me. But um I found that, you know, going around the school and the other teachers, you they were just so open and supportive and they were like, you know, just come and see me at the end of the lesson, come back and if you want to have a chat, if you want to take photos of anything, if I can help you with anything specific. And I was like, that's amazing really, because how often do you feel that it's it's okay to do that? We all we have something that stops us from asking for help or, or saying like, oh I'm not sure how to do this. But to have somebody there that you have watched teach and think, well, I can ask her anything and she, you know, she's going to help me. I, th- I think they're a really, really good thing, really beneficial thing. Would you say
0: then, Sarah, in your view, that the PLP is a good thing?
2: I think so. I, I do think that, you know, it would probably be nice to be shown properly how to use it, because I've sort of played around with it and found things on there and thought, you know, Just like you said Mrs H, I think oh I didn't realise that was there and there are things that that are on there that my EV, I, I, I did a reflection and there was a sort of a template for a reflection so I wrote something on one of those and she wasn't aware that this reflection thing was there so I think there's lots of things on there that you can use but it's maybe not being used correctly and a a lot of people a lot of older teachers don't know anything about it and and refuse to have anything to do with it
0: yeah it's still fairly new isn't it so there's a lot of people that uh, won't have come across it unless you've been a mentor or an ev an external verifier or if you've obviously if you've been an nqt and used it there's a lot of people that won't be aware of it
1: mrs h would you say the same good thing bad thing i think it's a really good thing um it gives you opportunity to focus and reflect on what you've done and what you've learned and how going forward, it can make an impact. I think that's really important. We're so used to doing that at university. I think when we do our lesson plans and on the back, you've got your evaluations, it's a similar kind of thing. Um, Obviously not as onerous as it is on the back of a lesson plan, but it really does. I think it's really benefited my practice. And I look back now and think, oh yeah, I did do that. And isn't it funny how that was such a big thing now, whereas I, take it in my stride now I ring parents and I don't really think anything of it you know it, it it's funny how you change
0: I agree I think for me as well it, I mean it's definitely a good thing I think the key is that it makes you reflective and if we weren't being directed in this way to having to reflect on our practice I think it could be quite easy to graduate and then think you know I've, I know it I know what I'm doing now and, and I, I know we wouldn't necessarily think that way Because you've got to reflect, you're then forced to really, you know, look at ways you can improve and think about things that you're not so comfortable with. Whether it's ringing parents or behaviour management, maybe it's assessment for learning. But because you've had to reflect, it sort of focuses you on what you need to improve. And I think that can only be a good thing. I think teachers, practitioners, really have to be reflective these days because the world is changing so fast, and those that don't reflect and don't look at their practice, are the ones who you know are gonna be left behind and they're gonna mm. struggle in the
2: new world we move forward to. On supply, I know it won't be the same for you two, but on supply, we have to record all our induction sessions. That's basically just the number of times that you work in school. So uh, two sessions is if you've been there all day, one session is if you've been there in the morning or the afternoon. Uh, the system, to do this is is unbelievable you have a, a hard copy of a, a form that you take in um that you need to find somebody at the end of the school day to sign a piece of paper or, uh, paper actual piece of paper School paper that Goodness you listen to me there's lots of them um yeah, so you get it signed for for, for months i was finding the head um, and hanging around in school because I couldn't find the head and then it was pointed out to me that despite it saying on the form that it needs to be filled out by the head it can be anyone from school not the cleaner I usually try to get like the receptionist to it but um, you then have to once you fill that in you have to then manually put that information into their EWC digital system And then that takes roughly 24 hours for them to kind of agree to. Uh, They do that and you have to scan it and email it to EWC. So they have a digital version of their form, which the form was a digital form until you printed it out. It just seems bonkers to me. It just seems absolutely bonkers. When you think that all the agencies have a record of Every shift that you've done, you could get that from the agencies upload that, and that, that surely that's enough
0: it's not very joined up, is it in as not a system at all. not at it's all. uh it's not very twenty first century
2: no, so I think that could be improved on it's it's an extra
0: part of the p l p that you use that we myself and mrs h wouldn't obviously wouldn't need to do, but as supply you've also got to go through that sort of yeah. laboured process of um, of uploading the shifts that you've worked as well yeah. that's something worth considering for um, you know for anybody that's doing supply for their NQT year. Before we do leave you we will share our visions let's
2: start this episode with Sarah. Okay my vision this week is that there would be more support groups I, I joined a support group on WhatsApp a recently qualified teacher set it up it started off with about ten of us I think there 's about three hundred people on there now, and she sends out examples of her experiences. She answers any question day or night about anything to do with the whole doing your Nqt on supply process that that 's what was probably with but i found out more from there than anything i 've read from ewC or anything I learned at uni i found out more information there it 's been more helpful than anything so I think you know setting up those support groups is a really good idea and there, there needs to be more of them.
0: Mrs H, would you like to share your vision?
1: Yeah, I think to have clearer guidance that isn't contradicted within consortia regions. So like we discussed earlier, you know, some of us have been told 12, some of us have been told 18. It, it just varies and that undermines what you think you're doing and then you, you, you feel potentially you might be on the wrong track when you're not. Um, and also more guidance before you start working because once you're in that job it's so much harder to kind of backtrack and think back to what you were doing time moves so quickly and everything changes so rapidly but if you can just have some time before you start to think about what it is you're going to have to do you can kind of fit it into a plan almost
0: um my vision On the back of our conversation today is really just around NQTs taking every opportunity to look for these experiences and, you know, to to reflect on any little thing that can happen throughout the day, whether it's good or bad, and really thinking, you know, from a reflective point of view, what can I do differently? Because in your NQT year, the more reflective you are, the better you're going to be. Okay, that's it for this episode. So just before we go, We can share with you our Twitter handles in case you want to carry on the conversation or discuss anything with us on Twitter. Let's start with
2: Mrs.
1: H. Uh, You can find me at Mrs. H underscore primary.
2: And where can we find you, Sarah? I am at Smart Teaching 20. And
0: you can find me at Mr. Han Teach, M R H A N N, -N 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 Teach. And of course, you can follow the podcast at Vision for Teaching. That's Vision, the number four, Teaching. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and hope you've got a lot from it. If you do have any questions, please feel free to get in touch with us. Otherwise, we will speak to you really soon. Bye. Bye.